Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. And you dance. Yes, I did. I was thinking about this today, actually. It's so sad that I don't dance Aye. anymore. And I mean, I we'll get into it, obviously, it. when we're doing the thing. I mean, I've yeah. started recording, but I don't know whether... It's usually yeah. an informal start anyway. Yeah. So we just start. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm here mm-hmm. with Terry and Tilston. Hello. In her beautiful home. <laughs> Thank you. And with her beautiful baby. I know. Iona's here Iona. as well. Um, hopefully she will She's behave for us. She's being beautifully behaved. Yeah. <laughs> she's like wait wait just wait <laughs> I know if I attempt to put her down then I think it's a different story but yeah and Terry and I were just discussing the fact that we have a totally random connection even though we didn't know each other mm-hmm. and I contacted you because you are an interior designer yeah but then we have this crazy link of dance yeah I know that was so so mm. crazy but it was even more crazy that you you sussed it out. Yeah, I know. Well, it was so weird. I was just, we were just saying actually about like this, like the universe has deliberately connected us. Yes. Um, yeah, because I did. I did this dance audition um, years ago. So it must have been over ten years ago. Oh yeah, was that over ten oh, years ago. Uh, it must have been like two thousand and five or six. Oh my gosh! See, in my yeah. mind, I'm I'm nineteen. I would not have questioned that too. <laughs> <laughs> Had it only been for the fact that you would have been a child if you were on that. Program. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I can't believe that so much time has passed. Ah. Um, but yeah, because I said that you'd look like somebody that I did the audition with, and mm-hmm. turns out you were at the audition too, and you yes. look nothing like that person. <laughs> but so. that person is my best pal. Yes, Lindsay. It's, it's really weird. Nice. That is so strange. So you totally weird. nailed that audition, and then you went to London. Yeah, that was such a sur- surreal experience as well I seem to always find myself in these really weird <laughs> situations like with the recent TV show and yeah, yeah. Just, but you just dream up things and then they just happen yeah so what happened with that one actually mm. was um, I felt like I was living a lie a little bit with the <laughs> dance X one because it was actually my flatmate at the time and my cousin right. so Emily and Michelle had applied for me as a joke wow. um, to the BBC and, right. <laughs> and then I got this phone call like, having known nothing here. about it exactly and they were like oh we, we think you sound really interesting and I was like playing along and like I have no idea what's going on here at all but, but I'll to be go. fair you were a dancer it's not like you I were was. like masquerading yeah, yeah, yeah exactly I was a dancer like, it was a good opportunity but I just Aye. I was really at them at the time but I went along as you do Aye. anyway to Glasgow wearing a cheerleading outfit because I was a cheerleader at the time with a yes. team from Dundee so I can't, who was there again was it Arlene, uh, Arlene Phillips, Phillips yeah. which was also a dream come true uh-huh. because she was Mental. like my absolute favourite uh-huh. girlfriend at the time uh-huh. yeah that it was, was like in George Square uh-huh. And I've actually got, because I sent you the picture of Lindsay and I, I've, weirdly I took a picture and yeah. that was like before like camera phones and all yeah, that, yeah. really probably like a like, you have to like develop it or something <laughs> oh my god no it must have been a digital like, camera surely I might it'll be a digital camera but not like my phone I don't think yeah. and I'd take a picture of Lindsay and I have that. so ah. I would have to do some digging I'd probably have to try and work out if Bebo still exists and find mm, might have been a Bebo stand yeah, find yeah. it on Bebo because there might have been a picture of me on that because I remember that I had kind of modelled my outfit on a kind of pussycat dolls look oh really so oh, I had cropped yeah, like I had weird. layered up like pink and oh, then my like, black and white striped top <laughs> oh, and then I had like the combat like oh my god, combat. Aye. Oh my goodness. Bottom's cool as. That's mental that you were there and 
I was at uni at the time. I think I, I, I'm always rebelling and not really wanting to do what I was studying or well, at the time. yeah, because <laughs> you were a oh, solicitor. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it feels like a long time ago, but it's not been that long. Ah, I suppose. Yeah, that was mental because yeah, I was studying law at the time. I think when I did those auditions, mm. and yeah, it's all changed this year. I so said this that's year, amazing. I just sort of so dropped in it. terms of like going back to when you were wee, mm-hmm. was art being creative, hands on, making things just your go-to yeah absolutely like I've been always creative I can't even remember how far back well I think it's always been that way Mm. I've always I've always been like odd in the sense of like other kids maybe would be out playing but I just wanted to (laughs) it's really sad right (laughs) I can remember being maybe maybe about like seven or something and mum being like why don't you go and play with your friends in um, at summer? And I just want to do watercolour painting yes. and listen to TFM That's, or, or classical FM. Just listen to the radio all well, the time. Well, it's paid off now. I know, my mum actually took my radio away to like, try and encourage me to go out. Oh, yes. um, but I was always like, yeah, always creative, always making stuff, always drawing while I was watching TV. Mm. Lo- loved Blue Peter because they were always like making stuff. Yes. I, until I was like in my teens as well. Like, it was so sad. <laughs> Um, and I was always like changing my room about or if I go around to friends' houses, mm-hmm. I just really wanted to tidy the room so that we could rearrange it as well. It's like, I love it. That's really weird. But like <laughs> I've now met other people who are in the same industry as me now. And they're like, and they're like I did totally that too. <laughs> You're like, what what oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if only my mom had known at the time there are others. She's like, oh God, I'll need to get it outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's going to be coming here. <laughs> I hear Exactly. No, but yeah, I've always been Aye. creative. Um, I suppose I've always stood out because I've always worn bright coloured clothes. I've always mm. loved bright colours, like loved colourful stop. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember being in primary school as well and telling my teachers I want to be an interior designer. Wow. Uh, and knowing what that was. Goodness. Because one of my mum's friends was an interior designer, Wendy. She used to come and do like curtains in the house and okay. she'd get me like, to draw sketches. I mean, they were rubbish, but she would like just humour me, you know, and say, oh yeah, yeah, well, we're going to do this. It's fine, <laughs> the way that you've designed it. <laughs> Um, and then my, I remember one of my teachers, Mrs. Bradley, in uh, primary school. So I must have been in about primary three, asking me to help with the the displays on the wall oh, and goodness. stuff because I took stuff really seriously. Like that, you know, I was always That's so cool. with the teachers, always yeah. been creative. And then with the dance as well, it's always mm. I've always had to have some kind of outlet. I so you like dance all through uni and stuff. Uh-huh, and, like, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I did a wee bit of googling. Oh, I was did like, you? Yeah, you were very instrumental in the dance community yeah. in your university. <laughs> That's a really good looking. Yes, I know. <laughs> which wow, is awesome. Okay. But you're yeah. obviously just a very creative, like you know, make want to make things. Yeah, I've I only I've, like accepting it now, like that that's okay t- to be like that. Yeah. But I suppose in the 100%. past, I just thought it was like hobbies. Yeah. But actually, now I'm realizing I I can't fight it anymore. That's who I am. Yeah. Um, but you were obviously academic as well then enough to become a solicitor. Yeah. I I've never thought I was academic. I actually found out. <clears throat> that I was dyslexic when I was in university. Right. And I think I've always known mm. that I am different in that, in when it comes to learning, because I would struggle so bad. And I stru- actually struggled really badly through school. I didn't, didn't really like school that much, mm. but I could hide it quite well. And I had the gift of the gab, so I could sort of mask it with teachers. I think some teachers probably sussed it. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just really lucky in, in with some of the teachers that I had, like yeah, all through, like, through to primary school, mm. the various teachers I've had, maybe have used like drama as a way of teaching yeah yeah and I was like I, I can totally do yeah, this go because, on board for that. yeah, yeah. I, I can learn from Aye. drama uh-huh. um, and then in English when I was in high school the one of the teachers had taught us how to mind map yes. and I've been mind mapping like ever mm. since then and that's been helping with my well, learning well there's no connect way of learning everybody's got their own 
style. Mm-hmm. But I guess obviously there's a conventional way at school. So that yeah. must be quite hard for you to navigate in the subjects where they just, you know, write yeah. it down. You're like, Maff, or yeah. read that. And everything. It, oh my gosh, reading. Yeah. So I think I was lucky that I hung out with people who were academic. So I sort of just blended <laughs> in. They're going to probably listen to this and be like, <laughs> my gosh you She's fraud fraud. You fraud. I, I, I very highly doubt that you're a fraud I think you're <laughs> underselling yourself I, I only discovered I was dyslexic because I went, when I went away um, on holiday with my now husband Sam mm-hmm. um, we were at uni and together and I remember him going on holiday and reading like loads of books and I could only read like a third of a book Got and you. then he was like firing through pages and it's only when somebody's sitting next to you like hold on a minute How I'm really slow at this mm-hmm. um, and I always kind of knew that everybody seemed to just whiz through essays and reading out loud that was another kind of mm. fear that I had but I just thought maybe it's my eyesight and when you had to stand up and read in class I would just make a joke of it uh-huh. and I because I was always like laughing and joking around uh-huh. but it, that was like a cover kind of defense yeah a cover for it uh-huh. and then uni was an absolute nightmare and I think this is why with da- like I had to have that creative outlet because it helped me through because otherwise yeah. I don't know yeah. I don't think I would be able to get through wow. that degree and also when I just when I went and got tested at uni I got so much help as well and yes. extra time and exam and things well, that's good. that yeah it yeah, was just, just support so good there. well that's it I think there's just better understanding mm-hmm. now of it from yeah. when we were kids I mean you're younger than me but dyslexia probably wasn't as detected mm-hmm. like it is now kind of and thing. if you if it was like I think I would have really struggle because you were really treated differently then there were mm. kids in the class that you know they would be taken off for other lessons or they'd have somebody sitting with them I in the class and, kind of and thing. They, yeah they would and they'd be treated differently but now that really makes me angry because yeah. i i don't really view it as a disability no. for me like it's just another way of looking at the world absolutely and actually i think a lot of people could learn a lot mm. from people who and probably are your creativity mm-hmm. really comes into play there absolutely. When, when someone thinks slightly outside the box yeah that's where you know big ideas come yeah you know no, I mean? exactly. the best ideas well i always approach everything creative creatively yes and sometimes it would work in law and sometimes it would be <laughs> uh frowned upon um but yeah i think that's why when i was at uni there wasn't actually a dance club when i started at Dundee Uni right. and that was frustrating for me because I'd gone from doing dancing like every single day with mm-hmm. Yvonne Gray and Cooper and yeah it was that was a shock going to uni and then be like hold on a minute there's no dancing no dance what you talking about yeah so I was like well if there's no dance like I might as well create something and so I found somebody re- randomly again through Bebo at the time um, <laughs> who is friends with my cousin who I knew did dancing uh-huh. and there was another girl so it was Nicola and Vic- Vicky and I think it was a Nicola I approached first of all in the library she didn't know me at all but I was like hi I know you because I've been looking at your page through Vivo this isn't weird at all um, and yeah basically we had loads of like business meetings about it. we approached nice, it like a business nice, like because it. I'm, I'm really You're into serious business about dance. Yeah. Of course. and yeah we pitched it initially to the sports union and it was rejected what yeah and then we like I don't think anybody else had as much problems as we had trying to set up um, and we went with like a business proposal and we like oh yeah it was like a proper start up it was obviously we weren't going to make any money but eventually got this dance club set up um, and it's progressed so much and it's one of the biggest clubs at the university that's amazing and already it was already a hurdle trying to get it recognised as a sport yeah 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 but we kind of needed to because we were competing and we, we do we did view it as, as yeah, that yeah of course you know? yeah it's like one of the biggest clubs it was has won so many awards um, now and looking back at it, it you were like the pioneer 
yeah like me and um those two other girls and it was i think it was just it helped having a kind of business head yes. at the time and we had had a good foundation and so they've got a good foundation going forward mm. and um the girl the girls and, and guys now because yeah of course guys, i so you um, totally like built a, like a legacy. You've left a bit of a legacy at the uni. That's yeah, yeah I, I can say that now. Yeah. I'm usually not very good at being like totally on it. positive about stuff like that. But yeah. no, I am. that is something I'm really proud of. So was it never in your head to go and do interior design? Or like, was it just yeah. like, yeah, I'll, go and, it I'll was. go and do this degree? I always wanted to do something creative. Mm-hmm. But I never really thought that you could do something creative and make money. And... I never really had any positive examples of that around me and I grew up in a West Indian household like mm-hmm. I was born in Trinidad and my mum and dad were both from there okay um and I suppose the the idea was you, you know you have to do something to support yourself mm. and usually you're a doctor or you're a lawyer yeah. And you obviously academic. had the ability to go and study. Yeah, well, law. yeah, I did. I suppose I felt that's what I should do. Okay, that's what I should do. Yeah, I should do academic st- subjects. That's also annoying. It's called academic subjects because I think at the time when I was at school, those kind of things were pushed. And you, t- you we talked totally. before about you teaching dance at school. Yeah. I would have loved that because yeah. that would have shown me. Do you know, dance yeah. isn't just something you do out of school. No, it's like a um, career. It's a job. Yeah, somebody, like somebody that. does it and supports himself. But yeah, at school, I think you have to choose your subject in this country. It's probably the same mothers as well. So young. Yes. And it kind of forms what you can then do. Ah. And actually, I remember my mum just chose my subjects for me. Did she? Because I never really wanted to let her down. So, nice. you know, to, for me to suggest I want to do drama, I want to do art, mm-hmm. I want to do... I actually really love, like, graphic design. Yeah. I really loved um, something called CDT, craft design technology mm. at the time. I don't know what it's called now. You know, it's like woodwork. Yeah. I loved those kind of things. And looking back, if I was, if I was brave enough, I think I probably would have either asked to asked to do. I would have said I'm yeah, going to do interior uh-huh. design, or I would have wanted to, to leave and do a trade. I wanted to be a, like could have been a joiner or yeah, something like yeah. that, you know? Because I just loved that kind of stuff. But I did have a business brain like from from a very young uh-huh. age. Well, um, you've had that bravery. It's just came later down the yeah, line. Yeah, later. Yes. Because there's there's the element of bravery to leave mm-hmm. a career mm-hmm. that you're obviously you've studied for, yeah. and you have responsibilities as an adult mm-hmm. so the, the bravery came it just yeah I've... and it's all life le- lessons I like to think yeah, you know what no, I mean absolutely. like everything's you know I don't know what you believe in but like everything's meant no I my totally, opinion you know I totally agree with that mm-hmm. and I know it sounds like a cliche you know that things happen for a reason um, but they, <laughs> they, they do they do they really do for me yes as if you believe like I'm Christian and so I believe that like God like has a, a, a path for me mm-hmm. and it's like I can see things a little clearer now than maybe I did like a few years ago. I people have asked me, do I regret like doing law? But I don't I don't think I do. I think mm. that's what I needed to do. I needed to get that out of my system. I needed to do it because I think it would have caused problems at home for a start. <laughs> well, but, I, um, there is that, you know. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have met the people that I've of met. Course. I wouldn't have had some of the, half the skills that I had yeah. have now. Which you will translate into, your, you know, that this career now. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm quite disciplined with a lot of stuff. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, you, you can't get um, any more client experience than you than you get with wor- working in law. I um, A varied client base. So was it a specific type of law that you were working in then? Um, yeah, so I ended up, I don't know how, in litigation. Wow. Um, I 
predominantly did uh, personal injury for like, a good few years and that was great. The partner that I worked for, he was just so good. He really encouraged me. That's like the, one of the, the first and only times that I've ever worked for somebody who really encouraged me as a young person at the time because I was I was I went in as a trainee at that okay. point um encouraged my ideas which I'd, I think it is quite rare to mm. have that especially in law you're normally just told what to do right got you but he he was really into business and growing business yeah. and I was really I learned a lot from being That's there great. actually so yeah and I don't know how I ended up that because when I was at uni I was like do you know what I can't think anything worse than standing up in court all the time blagging it especially because I'm dyslexic I never told anybody that I was dyslexic at all mm-hmm. throughout my whole career because I was so worried about wow. how it would be perceived in law because you Goodness. have to be, have like attention to detail mm. and I did I had it but I had to work you, so I, you much had your way of doing things uh-huh. yeah than everybody that, else and that probably was extremely stressful to conceal it but then the yeah. prospect of telling people yeah I, I was I was worried that I'd be treated differently mm. or they would think I was stupid I mean I don't know maybe maybe they would maybe they wouldn't but there if you get an idea in your head of how uh-huh. someone's going to go as a warrior mm-hmm. like I just decide this is how things would go yeah and you're like probably a lot of the same people are a lot more understanding or would approach things differently to what you maybe think would but yeah. if you get something in your head you just decide now that's how it's going to go down yeah exactly. so I'll just not see I mean for somebody who's dyslexic and struggles to read out loud I have no idea how I ended up in a career you are that <laughs> incredible it, you have to stand up and essentially read out loud for a living <laughs> do you know in court she's old but then it's a bit like acting as well you know yes do you, you have you have your your court mm. uh, personality. Mm. So yeah, I have. I, That's so I impressive, really, though. I You're obviously like that. very confident person, even if you don't. I don't know. Believe that you are. <laughs> I don't know if you I just am. got it. If you can yeah. just. Uh, yeah, I just, I think I just, maybe that's the dyslexia as well. I just go for things. Yeah, you're a hard bothered. worker. I just get things done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm so used to having to graft a million times harder than other people. I feel. Mm. Um. So. Yeah. So when was the turning point of? I'm gonna. I'm going to follow the, the dream, the, dream, the original yeah. dream. So I've, I've been running a business alongside being a lawyer since I started as a trainee. So right. probably since about 2012. That's the only date you're going to get out of me by the way. I don't remember any dates at all. Let's let me remember. So when I was a trainee, again, always having to rebel. I can't just focus on law. I'm always having to do something else. So if it's not Spending dance, something place. else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I started up this business making crafty stuff. Shabby chic was all the rage at the yes. time. So I started off making things like personalised little hearts. I mean, ah. they're useless, right? Like to hang around the house. I mean, how many hearts do you need? Um, but they did really well. I started ah. doing craft fairs. I think I started making things for our wedding at the time. Cool. And then they were doing well. And then I progressed like cushions. I sort of taught myself how to sew. I was going to say, like, how did you know how to sew? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And I just taught myself. Amazing. So for anybody who thinks that my mum maybe taught me whatever, ta-da, I learnt myself. Uh, so I'm not, I wasn't a professional at all um, and when I look back I didn't think things were that, that good but people liked them at the time yeah. and you, you know you just progress so I started off doing that it was called the little brown bear so I had that business alongside that mm-hmm. um, making soft furnishings and then it progressed in the type of things that people were asking me to do okay. and then quite often I'd be making things for like kids bedrooms yes. and then I'd get asked advice about interiors um, and then I'd be making whole things for kids rooms so they'd base their whole design of the room on the things wow. I was making 
and then before I knew it, I was like designing kids' rooms. Uh, I wasn't charging or anything. I was just yeah. giving advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was always obsessed with uh, interiors anyway. You know, oh, like since, it was just like you were just loving it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I yeah. was doing it from designing my own room since I was a kid. And then when I was at uni, actually, I remember going in. My mum, my mum was really into it too. Mm-hmm. Um, going in and uh, she, aside from my mum bleaching whole uh, halls for everybody, uh, she was Ble- yeah, she was really into cleaning. Um, uh, we like took down all the curtains, changed everything, yes. and had like a pink room with posters everywhere and we like designed my room always doing something alongside always really creative yes and then um i really went for it i think it was i was i got approached by producers of interior design masters while i was working um in-house in like a we'll just say a a government body yes uh, as an in-house solicitor um, a few years was that two years ago Mm. maybe last year while weirdly again this is the universe act i was Mm -hmm. sitting there being like I am so miserable like being a solicitor. I think I'm at the edge. I don't think I can do this anymore. Wow. How can I, what can I do? And I, I do not lie, an email popped into my inbox or, or an Instagram, I can't remember where it was, being like, hi, we're having this new TV show. Uh, I can't remember what it was called at the time. We want to know if you want to um, apply. I, instantly I thought, hoax, total hoax. It was such a hoax. <laughs> like, so weary about it. But then Hi. I called one of the, I don't know what you call them, scouting people. Mm. Or, I don't know, the people who get the talent in. Um, and Liana. And uh, yeah, like talked it through. It, she sounded genuine, but then, you know, you never know, <laughs> well, right? Liana, I do talk about Yeah. <laughs> so I did a bit of research and then I spoke about it with Sam and he was like, you should totally apply. Mm. I was like, I'm going to apply. I'm not going to get through, right? But I'll just apply and who cares yeah, what happens? What, we'll see. what is it to lose? So that was kind of the start of it. That's and then nuts. there was like various different steps to, to that. Um, and you, you were given like a mock project to do and there was ah, so right. many interviews, like Skype interviews, telephone Jeez, interviews. Well. They came to film multiple times. Goodness, that's um, the stuff you don't even see. No, you don't. And I, I had Harrison at the time, my um, little boy, mm. two at the time, I think. And so this was going on in the background and I still was thinking, you know, it's just, this is a bit of fun. Uh-huh. Um, uh, like nothing's going to happen. And then I got in, um, cause I mean like thousands of people applied a bit. and I got in and I was the only person in Scotland that got through. That's and amazing. again, I was like, this is going to be like a little, little TV show. Like this is, really not. this is not going to be, <laughs> this is just going to be like a little thing that nobody really watches. <laughs> Sorry if everybody's listened to this thinking, um, <laughs> how dare you think that about the show? But I honestly didn't think it was going to be much at all. Mm. Um, and obviously the show then happened that was sort of a turning point but I kind of half expected that would just go back to my usual life because I didn't really know how to then make that change yeah and you know there's only so many times you can talk about it and then actually what happened was when I stopped filming that my mum got really sick out of the blue um, and basically she was diagnosed with cancer in I can't remember when it was last year she was diagnosed with cancer and then seven weeks later passed away. She actually, it was pancreatic cancer, but she only found out it was pancreatic cancer two weeks before she passed away. Jesus. And I, that was such a shocker for all of us. But a really, really weird thing happened to me when that happened. I suppose at the time when she was ill, maybe I'd done a lot of my grieving as she was, but when she was sick, it was yeah. just such a shock to the system. Of course, I can't even imagine. Because my yeah, my mum was like, you know, everything to us. She was like our best friend, my, my sister as well. Mm. She she was like such more than a mum. She's such a big part of our lives, um, and such a huge influence in everything. Mm. Yeah, I suppose something just 
changed the moment that she passed away and I just saw everything so clearly. It was like this really weird clarity just came over me and I felt like, oh my gosh, like I actually felt how fragile life was just in that moment. I know people talk about, you know, like life is so short you should like do what Maybe you that's want to just do and all that exactly it is. You know, until it, something like that happens I can't yeah. imagine you really understand what not that at all means. I actually felt it that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's like you, ha- you have to go through that trauma mm-hmm. of that and it was like how could this happen she was just 59 like seven weeks ago she was here I was just filming this yeah. this yeah. great thing yeah. she, like I literally it was like as I got kicked off the show it was like that was meant to be as well because mm-hmm. I thought I could have got a little bit further on the show um, me too <laughs> did you um, I wanted to I wanted to you know and I was absolutely devastated at the time of course but I literally I came off I had two weeks of we could tell my mum was a little bit unwell and then yeah. the di- 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 diagnosis Goodness. hit and they were still filming the show so can you imagine if I was oh, still on that no, show no. and that happened so it was like it was meant to yeah. be for me you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Um, I'd been signed off work but not for that long and um, mm-hmm. just when mum had become sick so I could help look after her and it was that moment I thought that's it I, I can't do this I have to I have to be true to myself mm-hmm. I you know what if this happens to me this happened to my mom she was still working she never got to retirement Goodness. she was always thinking about you know I'm going to do this when I retire I'm going to do that when I'm retired yeah. I'm going to go this place that place why wait and I thought do you know what like I have been living not really a lie it was I suppose I felt that's how I felt at the time. I felt like yeah. I was living, living this life, going through yeah. emotions, being a solicitor. When you say you're a solicitor, it's like the status thing. People are like, oh, you're a solicitor, mm-hmm. but you know, really, it's just a, it's a name. You know, I, I know lots of people who are in that, and they they love being a solicitor. Yeah. I I didn't even enjoy studying it, you know. Yeah. So I was yeah. always rebelling against uh-huh. it. I'm passionate about everything, and when I mm-hmm. when I start something, I'm passionate. Yeah, um, it all in. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I wanted to do something that made people happy. And when that happened to my mum, I thought you need to do something now because who knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow? Who knows what's going to happen to you the next like next week? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to do something about this yeah. now. I am going to go for this. Good for you. Um, but obviously, there's the panic of I'm now a mum. Well, was you a mum at the time. To add to it, I then got pregnant as I as I um, discovered as as I made this decision. I then was pregnant with um, Iona, who yes. is now here. You know, so I mean, so much has happened in a short space of time. Yes, because, it has. I mean, if you're gonna go for it, just do everything I in a one you know, She's so. <laughs> it's not only the you know the trauma of of, of mum, but then it really pushed me. It's it's weird because I think you know the whole fight and flight thing that people mm. talk about. I think I just. I maybe was a fighter at that yeah, stage and thought sounds like it's me and yeah just I left being a mum you're thinking Be, as a mum it's not just about me it's about you being a happy person mm-hmm. f- fulfilling your dreams doing something that totally fulfills you that's important for your kids to see yes yeah because you know? it was getting to the stage where I was coming home every night miserable because it just wasn't what I wanted to do mm. and I felt a little bad because there were other people that I maybe worked with who did like what they did and maybe could put in more of an effort yeah. um, and I it was a struggle and I was tired I was tired of having to pretend to be passionate about something I just Even. wasn't passionate about mm-hmm. but then there's that guilt of I'm making I'm now going to make this decision mm. that's going to affect Sam my husband it's going to affect like my kids um, we talked about like, we would have to change maybe our, our lifestyle. Yeah. I felt guilty about that. Um, and was Sam just of the 
opinion like you need to do this or yeah that i mean kinda... he he is a warrior too yeah he is we are so different but i need him to keep me <laughs> keep me stable yeah. and then he needs me to like help him take risks sometimes yeah. um so we work really well together uh-huh. at first he was very cautious obviously because mm. he's thinking about money because what i'm basically suggesting to him is that I'm going to leave my... Um, possibly make no money for a Yes, mail. exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do. I don't have any clients. I have not really done this full-time. Yeah, okay, I had the business yeah. making soft furnishings, but that was part-time. It was mm. doing really well. Great. And I did know that at some point in my life, I'll need to make a decision whether I'm going to go full-time yeah. with that. Yeah, because so time-consuming, obviously, yeah. to be making things. And I think I, had, I felt like I had to... Um, I had like a business plan and pitched it to him because he wasn't worried but he knew that it had something had to give out and he knew that mm-hmm. I had to that I was born to do what I'm doing now yeah. but he was so supportive he supported me all through um the filming of interior design masters and he has just been so great good man and yeah exactly and it just was we just had to have a plan and I, yeah. this is what I say to anybody who wants to to take that leap yeah it's all great taking that leap but you do have to have something to help with your guilt and your worry as well and that is a plan Uh Um, I mean the plan may not go ahead but you have to have have some in place it's weird like me saying I know I can do things how do you know because you've not done it but I know because I am so passionate about everything that it it will work because it has to work yeah and if it does if one idea doesn't work I'll move on to the next idea and I know I can make a success out Mm. of things because you know I had examples of I was so passionate about the dance club and I could make that a success. I was so passionate about um, Little Brown Bear and I, I, I made that to an, uh, a success to an extent. But I'm not going to lie, the thought of making cushions for the rest of my life kind of <laughs> crushed me. But I was like, and weird things like sort of have, have a progression for me. Yeah. So the Little Brown Bear, again, allowed me to experience what it's like to run your own business. Mm-hmm. It got the creativity side mm. of things. Um, and I do still make stuff like that for people mm-hmm. um, but it also helped to show me what I don't want to be doing full time so um, you know it's just little, yeah. little things Life less, it just lessons learned yeah. all the time every stage you learn something being a solicitor it was not all for nothing all these these experiences you've had mm-hmm. have then served what you're doing now yes absolutely so would you say that you have a particular style like what is your aesthetic when it comes to your design yes this is something I think I'm still kind of learning yeah um and I think this will still be evolving Mm. because I'm getting a little bit better at not being too distracted because in the past I'd be like oh I like that and I like this and I like this style and totally (laughs) contrasted but I think it's interesting to see what other people think of my style um, and they're usually quite accurate. So I really like, essentially, to create fun spaces, happy yes. spaces. I mean, for I'm in a very beautiful, fun, <laughs> bright, colourful space. Yeah, it's stunning. Um, your home. It's oh, beautiful. thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 me. It's very me. It's mm. not everybody's cup of tea. But then we're also sitting in a very black and white room just now. Mm. So I like to create spaces that create feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very welcoming home. Like, nice. although it's styled <laughs> and I'm like, what? oh, that's cool, oh, that's cool, oh, I like that. I feel like I'm in a home, but it's oh, very nice cool. Thank you. Very yeah, cool I, I don't think I've ever been described as cool, but <laughs> you we'll, are. we will go with that. <laughs> and I will take it as a big compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, my style, I have. I've only now realised I have a lot of influence from like the 60s. Mm. I, I was like obsessed with Mad Men for yes. such a long time. I don't know, I just connected with it. And I, I recently saw a photograph 
of my granny's house in Trinidad. Wow. Um, right. And it was basically like my living room. So really like so no like 60s. Yeah. Like I love your furniture. furniture. So cool. Um, like all the colours. In fact, yeah. we had the same colour carpet. I mean, that carpet is like an acquired taste. It was here when we started, but I've kind of... Um, but it totally kind works of still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I just... What I love about the 60s is it kind of anything went, mm. maybe. But also a lot of like the furniture design was so practical and stylish. Yes. And that's what I love. And what I sometimes find really frustrating about some design sometimes it's just all about how it looks okay not about how it functions yeah, you actually have to use it yeah right. and that's something that's developed with me as i've had kids yeah i think <laughs> because before i was probably a bit like that about how things look don't touch mm. it you know like that looks nice don't touch don't sit on it don't touch it just look at it but now i'm like no you can't live like that um so it's not yeah, it maybe looks like a show home for photographs, but aside from that, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, how things how things function, and I think I get a lot of influence from from that kind of era mm-hmm. with like practical, stylish stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I am big on encouraging people to bring things into their homes that bring them joy, mm. and not to follow trends. If trends make you happy, then go with the Fine. trend. Uh-huh. But it's, for me, it's about bringing things in that that only that make you happy mm. and the stuff that's in my house okay um it may not be like the latest thing or a lot of the stuff is stuff that i've been given mm. or we've inherited um cool. or maybe friends have designed for us and that sam's cool. dad's like an architect and like oh. the most amazing artist i would like to call him an artist i don't know if he considers himself that right um I'm going to give him a little plug, Ralph Tilston. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to encourage him to sell his stuff, but right, okay. I don't think he's really into it. Um, and he's done um, like loads of sketches and oh, stuff wow. that's um, like around the house. So yeah, we have things that mean that's things lovely. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they may not essentially like go for other people, but it's mm, like that's cool though. Stuff. And also, I'm really, I suppose my style, it's not really style, but an ethos, is that the right word? Of like trying to reuse what you have as well. I used to be into like trends, mm-hmm. like the whole shabby chic phase. And what used to really kill me was then when I didn't like that anymore, it's like bend right. or you, you right. get rid of it. Right. I'm like, this this can't happen. No. This is ridiculous. And mm. the reason that happened is because I, you would pa- people would panic buy. I do that all the time. Panic buy, you've got an empty room, I'm going to fill, I'm going to go to Dunelm, <laughs> I'm going to fill the house with stuff. <laughs> but, uh, and so I try true. and encourage people to think things through. And if that means that you have to live with an empty house for a little bit then that's yeah. fine you, yeah. know? you need to think things through plan your money because like you don't want to waste money no you don't want to buy something you regret you have to love that there's thing. enough waste in the world so yeah, it exactly. can be quite sustainable i do it yeah exactly yeah. So, like you say then it'll really spark joy if you're taking the time mm. to think do i want this does this work in our yes. house like you'll, you'll keep it for longer like you say yeah. or you'll repurpose it around your house yeah like i've got stuff in my house that i've had for the last 14 years just keep moving it or painting it or do you know what I mean yeah no that's that's mm. great yeah that's what I encourage yeah. people to do and or you know I quite often I just give stuff to give to other people to, for free I put up like a thing on Facebook does anybody want this yeah, yeah they make something I want um, but yeah I suppose so client wise is mm. it mostly homes that you've been working in so far or no I've done some commercial stuff okay, it's been cool. crazy actually like so before the show came out mm. I had had regular clients and it came as a surprise to me because I know we talked about you may think I'm really confident, but I don't always think that about myself. 
I'm a warrior, like what what you you said you were as well. Yeah. Um, but when you're passionate about something, I think that probably comes across. Yeah, that'll drive it. Mm-hmm, when more. you're not that confident, you're just like, I just need to do this though, even though I'm yeah. not really like confident about it. I'll just do it anyway. I know. So <laughs> I mean, I I had all the fears of who who the hell am I? Like <laughs> like I didn't study interior design, but I mean, I had started an online course, and then I got to the point where I was like. I just wanted to get on with it yes. and Let's not stop it. reading about it and mm. just do it. Yeah. Just and that's what I encourage anybody who want who is thinking about doing something. You know, how do you start? Well, you just start. Yes, just have a go. Mm. Have a go at things. And I think, I suppose, when I first started off, I thought, "Who am I?" The whole design community is going to look on me, being like, "Who is this?" Saying that she's an interior designer. Um, just that total imposter. Yes, sometimes. exactly. That's the word. Yes. And I started being like, I'm just going to tell people this is what I'm doing now. I wrote a blog post. I started looking at, like, thinking about how I'm going to advertise myself. And then one day I thought, I can't bother this. I'm just going to be honest. And I just wrote this blog post about why I started, mm. who I am, what happened to my mum, why I'm doing what I'm doing, the experiences that I've had that make me feel like I'm qualified to do what I'm yeah. doing. So the article was kind of picked up. Um, by various uh, different people actually um, and then that kind of got shared Great. loads but that's your honesty people appreciate that yeah just being you and people mm-hmm. by people like I've had this conversation several times in the podcast you know if you're just your true genuine self and just yeah. go this is me and not try to pretend that you're something that you're not obviously you're you are passionate and it, it mm. oozes out you when you talk about it you light up yeah. so then people are like right you are the person because you totally are into this you're not just doing it for the money yeah you're not doing it because it's cool or you're doing it because that's all you know yeah no exactly you know? and i think when i left law it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulder and I felt for the first time I could be me. That was okay uh-huh. to be me mm. and it was just so liberating. I mean, that's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. As sad as it is, I don't. I think it, I probably would have got to this stage at some point, but unfortunately it took something yeah. so traumatic to happen to mm. me to really shock me into being like just be you it was actually my mum had said that when I'd gone to you know I was in hospital with her a lot and she'd said to me you know just be you yeah. she actually because you were great so and I was just you like are great. it was like quite emotional and I suppose when I think about that and, and I always try and remember that and yeah I just tell people all the time you know just be you mm-hmm. and you know people are like oh how do I need to be or what do I need to wear yeah. or what do I need to do when I'm talking about various different things and I was like what do you mean mm-hmm. just do what you yeah. want just the world will be a very boring place if we're all the same do you know what it's just easier it's just so it's easier. so difficult so much to easier. try and be but something I've heard, like you're right like sometimes it just unfortunately takes to that point something to happen to yeah. them you've taken what is unimaginably hard mm-hmm. and then made it into something positive moving forward for yeah. you do you know what I mean for you and your family yeah. you know because you've brought these wee people into the world what are you going to tell them yes no. Yeah. well that's what I want to be I want to be a positive influence I was getting you know living that kind of life that I didn't really want to live before I don't want Harrison um, like or Iona to see to see that to yeah. see that you're you're you know I think my, for instance I think I grew up in a, in a home where a job was something that you did to make money mm-hmm. uh, obviously that is the definition of a job <laughs> but I think but it doesn't have to be that way you know you can yeah. like what, what is you important do. to you I mean I get it houses are expensive like yes. cars like children it costs money Yes. You know, and you can't just be like living in fresh air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So you know? there, there, there's the reality of yeah. that as well, right? So, but there is a way to do things 
and still, you know, there's a, you can have a job and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. You might need to work really hard. Yes, I do work really, really hard. And sacrifice things. Yeah, yeah, the sacrifices are unreal. Mm. Um, when you have your own business and you're running it full time, especially when you're trying to do it with, with kids. Yeah. Um, clients were coming in, like, straight away, actually, which great. was really great. I hadn't even, I've still to this day not really had a chance to advertise <laughs> properly. I've not put an ad out there. I just said, look, this is what I'm doing. And it's just like word of mouth Great. Um, at the moment. I mean, I will at some point need to advertise. Yeah. And then the program happened. And obviously that's like, I mean, what you can't you, ask I mean, for you better did advertising. You so well in it. Like you were oh, thank fab. You. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. And you came across as I find you now. Thank just you. Just being you. Thanks. I, I, I was so nervous being on that show. Mm. I had unbelievable imposter syndrome. Actually, when I first when I watch back, I feel I feel so sad actually looking at that person then. Really? Because that was somebody who was although I said I don't have much confidence now at that time, mm-hmm. it was really, really bad. So I think I've, I've I've grown so much since then and that show that being on that show is so much more than like a, a reality TV show. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was fully aware that they're making this reality TV show, whatever, but for me it was it helped me grow in confidence unbelievable amount and learn so much. It was like a baptism of fire, <laughs> tell you what. Um, because I, I probably would all have always, in the past, probably would have been more confident. But when I had um, Harrison, mm-hmm. I felt like my confidence as a, as a mum working was kind of knocked. Yeah. I felt like opportunities maybe weren't going to come my way as much. Maybe I was overlooked a lot. Yeah. Um, I never really had many examples of somebody who was really nailing it at mm-hmm. being like, um, like, uh, don't know if I can swear. Shit hot. Right. <laughs> yeah, a shit hot um, lawyer uh, right at the top um, and who also was there looking after the kids a lot. Wow. And, you know, I just felt like I, I was seeing people who didn't have kids maybe progressing further than me. When I, the show came about, that gave me so much confidence because I was, for the first time in a long time, it felt like I was doing something as me, mm-hmm. not just that you're really money. good at. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, yes. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 that was passionate about. Would say. Yeah, um, I'm still not confident enough, comfortable enough of being like, yeah, I'm so great. Um, well, that's fine. I think all creatives are the same because it's subjective mm-hmm. in terms of like creativity. Like you say, it's not going to be everybody's taste what you create. It's the yes. same as me with dance. Like there's no right way of doing things, and that, exactly. I guess that's why you get referrals from other people because they will know their friends or family mm-hmm. that will be like, oh, you know, they'll see your, your what you've created, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh yeah, that's totally for me. Right. Is it kind of hard getting in someone's head to know what they want? What is the creative process? So this is why I feel like I was born to do this. Right. Because I am, I feel, a people person. I you mean, are. other people might not think that because... I think that, <laughs> but, that really just me. Um, <laughs> I am so nosy. And I love to know about people. And for me, design is not just about like what do you like as in colours and things like that so when I first meet somebody mm-hmm. to because I, I do a lot because uh, the, the main part of the business is like an online design service that I offer ah. so uh, this is made harder by the fact that I don't always meet the client Got you. so we're like chatting over the phone not always on Skype it's mm-hmm. like so you're not even seeing the person mm-hmm. or through email so I 
this is actually what I learned a lot through um, being in personal injury actually um, and as a litigation solicitor mm. was talking because you have talking to clients all the time on the phone yeah, yeah, um, and it's trying to learn about people um, we do a questionnaire where I'm asking questions more than just what's your favourite colour um, somebody recently said to me oh I really enjoyed doing your questionnaire it felt like therapy and I was like oh really score <laughs> like, because uh, it's taken me a while to develop that uh-huh. um, and realise that it's not just asking people what they like because a lot of the time, well, people are coming to you, to me, mm. because they sometimes don't know what they, they want. They're saying they like it because they see a picture uh-huh. and they're like, I want that. But when you delve really mm. into it, like deeper into yeah. it, like I've been reading a lot recently about like colour psychology mm. um, and I'm really like, I'm so interested in about like, like what, draws us to certain colours and like how certain colours could influence our moods um, so I've been talking to clients a bit like that. I mean, it's a bit airy fair, I suppose, <laughs> to some of them. But, but it's yeah. a basis of finding what's right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's how we... That's, that's the process, really. Mm. The, the initial process is we have initial chat and uh-huh. then um, they do this questionnaire we talk about it and I'm asking them things like, what do you like? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I give examples, a little fun examples, like, um, I really like watching Emmerdale, but, <laughs> but I really hate mess. And treacle, and like, you know, and I want I want to know a bit more than that. And I'm like, don't don't tell me about like like a design. Don't yeah. tell me about like, like that. I want to Who know you? about you. There's mm. something totally irrelevant. Do you like drinking wine? Ah. Like um, you know, and I want to know a bit about them. How do you? How do you, how so, so I can understand how they would use their space? Do you like yeah. doing outdoor activities? And mm. you know, um, and it helps me because t- a lot of the time I. My inspiration will start with the outdoors usually. Um, so recently, I'm working on a project, and somebody was saying that they, they, they grew up in Jamaica, and then that was all they'd really said about mm-hmm. it. But I've, they were, we're taking inspiration from a photograph that they'd have of, of a sunset in their back garden in Jamaica. Oh, wow. um, taking some colours from that. So a lot of um, my inspiration comes from that because. Uh, yeah, people have a lot of feels for nature. Yeah, it's a like you say, it's a basis for you getting into the heads of your clients rather yeah. than just going. What would you like? I mean, what I like the day probably changed the order. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to discourage mm-hmm. people from being, uh, you know, like somebody might come to me and say, I really like industrial style. They may have seen a picture of something that's like looks industrial. Mm. But when you dig down, it's not actually that look that they like. That won't work for them. What it is yeah. is the feel. It's the yes. feel of the colours. It's, it's like, well, why do you like that? How does that make you feel? Commercially, like, what kind mm. of spaces have you done? Um, so I'd worked on uh, it's not quite ahead yet actually on a design for a salon ah cool um, so I'm about to start uh, an office job as well like cool. an office renovation I mean every time I get a new job I'm not going to lie I always have this kind of fear of oh my gosh am I going to be able to do this yeah um, and then we finish it somehow and yep. I'm like how, how every how time do do every show I get yeah really <laughs> I, yeah I, want, I wonder if is that like is that a Scottish thing? I don't know, or is that I like just no? I don't know. It definitely is so my personality, and always has been to yeah. worry and to worry about what other people think. But then, in a lot of ways, I don't. It's weird. Yeah, I'm like that too. Yeah. So I worry sometimes about what people might think. But then again, I dress like a kids TV presenter, you know, every day. <laughs> again, it's just stuff thrown together that makes me happy. Most of the time, people come to me because they see a lot of my designs at home or what I've done for other people and they mm. like colour. Yeah. Um, but I have designed spaces where we're not using that much colour because that won't be appropriate for how they want the room to feel. Yeah. So like this room, there's a lot of colour outside because we're back yes. onto a field. So, and that kind of is changing all the time. So mm. it would, I felt it would be, I wanted to that to be noticeable. And I felt I'm just going to keep it relatively neutral. Great. 
I did a lot of work on like my branding. Mm. When it all came down to it, um, it was just me. I am the brand. I just want to be me. It could be very intimidating to hire uh, an interior designer. Yes, by the so way. how am I going to stand out here? And do you know what? I'm just going to be just just me. I know how it feels to feel intimidated sometimes maybe by um, the design world sometimes mm. and f- maybe feeling uh, you know having talked to people about um, their worries and getting getting into my, my clients heads mm. about feeling that maybe design isn't for them because yeah. they are, are not in that world but what I'm trying to encourage is that design should be for everybody and that it can really change like how you're like Good design you know, could really change how that you feel in a space mm, and how you work in that space. I would say I would like to say I'm super organised and I I think that comes from having to be from mm. being dyslexic and um, trying to work out coping mechanisms because naturally I probably shouldn't be. Um, I should be all over the place and I can be sometimes, but you have to make an extra effort. Yeah, and I think that's one of the strengths really, and it's managing people's budgets helping them to manage yeah. the budgets showing them things they maybe would have been too scared about before thinking cool. oh no, that's not for me quite often at the end of the process because it is a process it's a collaborative process mm. it's not just um you design me a room and i'll just implement it and that's yeah. that we uh-huh. work so much to- i work so much together with the client that mm. quite often at the end of the process um the client will be like i am so inspired to look at things now that's and, lovely. and i see things in a different way and, and they get excited about are and about like you know seeing something and being like well really thinking it through why why do i like that yeah do you know it's and there's a lot of nostalgia i suppose as well and those kind absolutely of things. yeah um so you're just taking inspiration all the time just yeah noticing things and do you know do you take notes or i i you spoke about having like a vision board like is that oh, for something? myself yeah yeah so my phone is just cluttered with like <laughs> random pictures nice. um i keep probably about like 20 notepads uh, at any one time mm-hmm. for writing down little bits of inspiration i keep cool. a, a vision board as well things that i see that i cut out and stick down so yeah like loads of different things inspiring it's not just like being outdoors actually randomly the other day I I don't really like this time of year because mm-hmm. it's like all kind of gloomy. However, mm. I think I have taken a lot of inspiration from like the colours of this time of year. Cool. Because I'd, when we were on a walk, um, I'd noticed like the leaves, sometimes they can look a bit neon at uh, this time of year. So I don't know whether, because obviously I like a bit neon, not in this room, <laughs> but in um, some, of, some other spaces. Yeah. Yeah, inspiration comes all over the place where, I, you know, I love food. So, <laughs> colours of you, yeah, packaging some stuff. Yeah. I get nature a lot and I've grew up um, in, well, I was born in Trinidad. So, what age were you when you moved here? So, I was young. So, it must have mm. been about four when we moved. I actually lived in Milton Keynes for a bit. Cool. Um, and then moved up here when I was probably about five or six. Mm. Um, but we moved back and I lived there when I was about... 13 i lived in trinidad for a year and Did i was, was right? homeschooled okay. wow which actually on reflection probably really helped me to be homeschooled because mm-hmm. i was like that one-on-one yeah um probably helped me to progress a bit um so yeah i've like experienced living in different places wow that's cool uh so yeah and have you been home. back since yeah we used to go back on holidays um quite a lot i've not been back since um 
like having the kids yeah. and I think that flight would be a nightmare yeah <laughs> with like eight hours until they <laughs> yeah older. yeah and also obviously like starting this new business as well kind of right. have to be around a lot because it's like a 24 hour well that's the thing about self-employment and it's lovely that you can do what you really want to do now yeah but yeah like you're saying the reality is that you have a family and you you've got to make money mm-hmm. and you've got to juggle your time and yeah so there's the there's the pros and cons of being self-employed but then there's yeah. the pros and cons of of working for a firm yeah I, I always laugh about this with Sam sometimes because I think the reality of it is that I have to work for myself because I'm a nightmare to work like <laughs> to be employed probably <laughs> because I'm always I'm com- always coming up with ideas of things like I'm feeling like things could always be done better yes. which that's quite annoying that's, that's annoying to <laughs> like, have I that. Think that yeah <laughs> basically like yeah I would come up with stuff like um what you're doing could be better so I've I've, I've always had little jobs um ever since I was probably about 14 15 yeah. I think I started off working in monsoon nice. uh, which is quite a good that first was a job good first job I, I mean, was, was like but um, oh, that's a good job <laughs> Uh, well, I know it was a lobby jobby. Oh, right. Just basically, like, clean up everybody's mess. Yeah. So I didn't do tells or anything or the food. or I literally just was a cleaner. Cleaner. Yeah, lobby so. jobby, as they used to call us. <laughs> lobby jobby. Um, I once soon's a good shoot. Yes, that was so good. Um, but I remember I worked in this shoe shop. I wasn't really up. Like, when it was quiet, I hated mm. just, like, standing around, like, doing nothing. Yeah. Or, like, pretending to do something. So um, I was... A, the supervisor on a, on a weekend and for some reason I just took it upon myself to completely rearrange the shop. I oh, love it. Um, and like I cleaned all downstairs wow. um, and rearranged the stock room <laughs> and then I rearranged the, the stock upstairs because I felt like it would be better would be the better. way I had it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it didn't go down well at well, all. Well, no, no, because you can't really be doing stuff like that without permission, you know. <laughs> I know. Um, but that, so I have to work for myself because yes, um, because of these situations. <laughs> everybody else's ideas are rubbish. Rub- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, in the past, I, I may think have that should that be way. your tagline. Hi, because everybody else is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. But yeah, I think I've, I was born a born entrepreneur, <laughs> and I've always just been really kind of interested in in that. I'm always listening yeah. to podcasts and like you're inquisitive. Yes, I'm in the right career for me because I'm always wanting to improve things and make things better. Lovely. And there's always a better way of doing stuff. And that's um, never a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Were you like thoughts become things? Clearly, mm-hmm. you just think things and then they happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm, believe that sounds like I'm making. It, sound trivial you work very hard and you make them happen they don't just happen Mm -hmm. but what I mean is like it sounds like you have clear vision of what you would like what's on the vision board um yeah so what's on the moment um uh yeah I I would like to do I suppose more tv stuff a lot of the time on social media I'm showing people how they can achieve stuff on a budget because yeah. I, I'm all about that um, I, I understand what stories. it's like love them <laughs> thanks <laughs> um, I want to show people that things are achievable and you know, to, for people to be a bit more brave especially women because I have noticed that a lot that a lot of women they'll say things like um, oh I have to wait for like a partner to do it or some mm. man to do it and I'm like why you uh-huh. can do it you are capable in fact you know what you might even be better than them and what's the worst that can happen when you have a go at something you know you, you should have a plan B yeah. if you're scared or a plan C which I always have to have, to have as well um have a go if it's paint what's the worst that can happen you know you have to repaint yeah um so i want I, that's the kind of thing i want to be showing people um i'll obviously have plans i want the would love the business to grow because i it, although i've only been doing this 
full time mm. um, for well since the start of this year. It's only like a few months, and then you had a baby eight weeks ago. Uh, I mean, um, there's only so much. <laughs> I mean, I what can have you do. been doing, Terry? For God's sake, get I know, your act I'm together, snacking, Jeez, right? oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, I'd love to have plans for the business to, mm. to grow and like what how that would be and how that would look I don't know because I there's only a certain amount of clients I can take on myself at the moment so I'd love to be able to have somebody else on board someone else to speak to as well that'd be yeah. good do you know what I it is to... nice to get the chance to work with other people yeah because it can be quite a lonely existence working for yourself yeah <laughs> yes it, it really can be and this is why I suppose when people do come over I'm just like bah, 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 bah. and like chat loads and like poor Sam like he's off at the moment and um, because we're sharing the maternity leave which is great mm. um but um uh, when he used to to go to work and come home, I'd be like standing in the hall and I'd have so much to tell him. And then like my little boy would have like so much to tell him, and he was like, "Whoa, let me like, take my jacket off." I know, right? So um, yes, I would love to um, grow the business. Um, I'd love an office outside of home as nice. well, so I can separate that mm, kind of work. Yeah. Life. One of the things was to do a podcast, and, and now I've done that. So <laughs> that's great. Taking off list. Um, yeah, it's just about growth, really. Um, maybe may sound small to other people, but growth in myself as well, like um, you know, growing confidence, growing skill wise. I'm um, doing more projects, doing more more commercial stuff. I probably prefer residential, however, um, just because it's a little bit more personal. Yeah. But yeah. there, but commercial is great too, um, in the sense that. It's about when you're meeting with a client and you're talking about how that space could help the people who are working there to work better. Yes. Because I've worked in some pretty rubbishy places mm. where you're like... It's not very inspiring for no, the staff. Yeah, exactly. Like right next to somebody, not have much room to work. Yeah. Room to move, room mm. to think. Um, you know, so I'd love to do more stuff like that. And uh, yeah, just keep plodding along, really. Loving it. Loving yeah. it. I mean... I know you're saying about growing in confidence and stuff, but me looking at you, 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 you are a confident, passionate person. Thank you. But I get what you mean. Like uh-huh. I feel like I get you because I know that people would maybe look at me and go, "Oh, she's doing a podcast. She's mm-hmm. doing this and doing that." But I think if you're just passionate about something that it's instinctual, you just can't help it. Even mm-hmm. if you're scared or you're unsure or. I think we're, we as women are and human beings probably mm. are so hard on ourselves and I am I am like that too I'm so hard on myself but something else that I am getting to grips with is sometimes you just need to have a little bit of one of those one of those self-doubting days you need to have yes. that time you can't yeah. always be like up here being like yeah yeah I'm so great I'm <laughs> so gonna do this like, yeah yeah exactly uh-huh. smash this smash that <laughs> woohoo you can't always no. be like that right no. unless you're some kind of robot yeah um, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't have self-doubt in some way yeah. shape or form when it becomes a problem is when when it's starting to affect you from progressing. I remember I did um, an interview for the um, papers about my experience of being on Interior Design Masters okay. and like talking about like um, what was the most difficult thing about it and what what things have you learned from it and I didn't really talk about which I probably should have talked more about the design but for me it was like um, a journey of discovery. <laughs> you know, like, so, <laughs> Um, but it was you know it's, it was I don't regret not being confident on that show because mm-hmm. 
you sometimes you need to be like that to then take a step back and be like hold on a minute why are you like that and you have to think about like how can I help myself here and sometimes it's taking mm. a little baby steps so I've taken on a big job recently and I'm thinking how on earth can I do this myself right. and like there's that whole self-sabotage thing but when it becomes a problem is when you start saying no yeah. and you start saying um avoid doing things mm. because of that and mm-hmm. you just I can still be scared but just do it anyway yeah exactly and sometimes the being scared can drive can be like you can use it in a positive way yes. too um you're scared because you care so i i am you know when you start something i'm not arrogant about it i do i want to do a good job for somebody and i think this the scared part is what if i fail here mm. i mean again you have to accept sometimes you might fail and be comfortable about that mm. but it's about learning from yeah, that it's always too. going to there's always going to be a lesson yes there. Um, I mean, I'm very lucky in that Sam is so supportive and he is like my little cheerleader. Because, you know, being on the the show, I wasn't really prepared for when Interior Design Masters came out. I didn't fully think through, oh, hold on a minute. You've been living your normal life and now you're out. You are out there (laughs) Uh and people are commenting. Mm. I I think I got off pretty lightly, but um, the whole self-sabotage things, people were so supportive towards me and I got so many good comments um, and people have just been so great. great. But you know what? There would be times that I would deliberately look for the bad stuff. And though it was rare, I'm mm. lucky. I think, I, I don't know why, again, self-sabotage. Yeah. It's like I'm... So it's human nature just to yeah. sometimes like, think, oh, there must be a negative. I don't know why... It's funny, isn't it? Why humans do this or why, like... Um, but it sounds like you're very thing. self-aware. Yes. Which I think is an important trait to have. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with your clients, whoever that may be... Uh, you know if you have an understanding of yourself mm-hmm. and you're open and honest yeah. then that's only going to produce great work mm-hmm. you know because you do care and you're yeah. passionate and I want I want people to have a, a nice space regardless of how much money you have mm. or like or what kind of house you live in or home you know it could be rented as well you may not even own your own home yeah. I want people to have a good space around them because I know what it's like to like for instance when my when my mum passed away my home became a sort of a bit of a sanctuary to me mm. and I know that having like being able to to create a, a nice space around me that what so worked important. for me really helped me with my moods mm. um, and like help yeah helped helped me through I suppose of course away. um so actually uh, that makes perfect sense yeah I did a lot of painting at that time as yeah. well in the house because um, it helped me through and I, I know that yeah again it, you may have a stressful job and you could come home and, and and again I'm not saying that everybody has to spend loads and loads of money on it you can no. do things um, little things get second hand third hand fourth no, hand whatever absolutely it's just um, having that that vision to put things together yeah or rearrange what you already have yeah um, and yeah I just want to create a really positive space for for everybody as well awesome thanks awesome <laughs> right we're moving on to the thingamabobs okay great. these are the randoms yo I love this this is because I'm also nosy yeah. hence why I started a podcast Terry this is what you should do you just start your own podcast you get, to come, I, you get to come to nice people's houses I know don't add another thing to the to-do list I so Sam will be like going to know gear any more ideas I know right? ideas <laughs> right the first question is can you finish this sentence <laughs> I have always wanted to um, I have always wanted to be a positive role model. Nailing life. Yes. You're nailing that, Darren. <laughs> You're totally nailing that. Love that. That's a good one. Is it roasted cheese or toasted cheese? What the hell's roasted cheese? Oh, toasted yeah. cheese. What? What? <laughs> roasted. That's what I call it. 
What so, the hell? So a bread like toast. Uh-huh. Cheese on top, under the grill. Uh-huh. Roasted cheese. No, well, we actually call it cheese grill in this house. Ooh, fancy. That's so funny. So, but it divides the nation. Apparently because so. I've never heard that. Have you not? Roasted cheese. But then somebody always says, well, oh. actually, it's not in the oven. It's under the grill, so it isn't roasted. And I'm like, it's still roasted cheese. <laughs> but we'll, I don't know why we call it roasted cheese. I think we'll have to just agree to That's okay. So you call one. it a cheese... Uh, cheese grill. Cheese grill. Cheese grill. <laughs> um, best ever song lyric? Um... Um, so for some reason I've got um, do you know the song uh, I don't know what every time somebody talks about a song this is the song that comes into my head and you know ooh ooh ah ah sexy sexy eyes eyes. (laughs) love it yeah I don't know why so I think it was it's probably going to death here (laughs) I I think it was like a country song and then it was Was remixed was it by Wickfield maybe I think it might be Wickfield, but I'm not really sure. But then that was like my uni song. And it wasn't even a song that was out at uni. It was just, I just really love 90s dance music. Um, That's a good answer. (laughs) I like that one. Um, Favourite view? Um, The countryside. I think with lot yes I always, oh, yeah. I feel like I always have to live in the country <laughs> mm. countryside rolling hills lots of green yeah. I need to see green to feel better Sam used to live in London and I used to visit and um, I hated it so much because I was like where's the green there's too many people here I see I'm a people person but they're close <laughs> to me I need I need green I you need have a that. beautiful view it has to be said it's Thank stunning you. it's very unique um, advice for your younger self oh just believe in yourself. Like I think that I was have been thinking about this quite a lot actually recently. I would I would definitely say yeah, believe in yourself and also it's okay to be you, um and embrace that and stop trying to be what you think other people want you to be or fit in, um because eventually you will you will find people who like you for you and that's yeah. what I am I'm experiencing find now. Find your tribe. Yes, that's exactly yes. <laughs> mm. I found my tribe definitely. Great. Talk about your tribe. In your friendship group, what are you best known for? <laughs> it was my love of dance, 90s dance music. <laughs> um, I was probably saying like, I'm the joker, but I'm going to say this now and everyone's probably going to think, but she's not funny at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Misunderstood. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I would say I like I like to like have a laugh a lot. I don't take things too seriously, really. Again... Um, if I'm designing your house, please take it seriously. Um, aside from that, <laughs> that I, feel like I need to just like uh, yeah, put that little disclaimer in there. Um, yes, I'd probably say I was probably a bit of a joker. I was always like that at school um, as well. Probably annoyed the teachers, but I could always like turn them round. Nice. Um, so they'd be angry one minute and then like um, could be laughing another minute. Um, yeah, I'd probably say that. I'm a, I'm a love of dance, '90s dance music. Yes. Yeah. If you knew that you could not fail, what would you do? Well, do you know what? I think I've kind of done it. Because, I, I, you know, leaving that stable career and going into the complete unknown. And I think I ha- I've never even thought about the prospect of failing. Yeah. I mean, there's at the back of my mind, you could fail. But I feel you only fail when you kind of give up yeah and, or not and, do it at yeah, all yeah and, and what really is failure is failure really the end because I don't I think that it depends on how you view failure I think I view failure a little bit differently maybe to how other people do yeah and failure maybe to other people means the, the end uh-huh. and it's an absolute disaster after mm-hmm. that but for me it just means meh that didn't work move on and the question that I ask everybody mm-hmm. although you have already said one I think it's because I said it and then you said you liked it 
What is your favourite Scottish word or oh, phrase? Yeah, definitely. So I, I had listened to another podcast, or well, a few, and you when you asked this, mm. and I was thinking about what would I say because I'm not, I don't really class myself as like overly Scottish. However, However. I love the word jobby. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love a jobby, and the reason is it's just such a fun word to it say. Is and is it Scot? Where's it come from? Is it a Scottish thing? I think so. It means poo, jo- yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when you said you were a lobby jobby. Yeah, just because I worked on lobby, which was like the tables. And then they just called us a lobby jobby. I think it was just because it was the only word that rhymed. And, you know, it was nobody wants to clean up after everybody's crap. Yeah. So it was like a jobby job. A job, like a, like yeah. a poo job. Yeah. Right, okay, so yeah. it was like a minging job. That's another word, minging. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like, but, yeah, yeah, I like Jobby's a good one. Makes me think jobby. of Billy Connolly. Jobby. Yes, he yeah, says jobby uh, quite a lot. Jobby, jobby. Jobby. Yeah, like I love that word. I love mink as well because, do you say, is that a Scottish thing? Is that maybe a Fife thing? Ooh. Like, like you're, oh my God, you're a mink. Like, like you're disgusting. Ah. I mean, you shouldn't use that word a lot because it's a, a very mean word. But, yeah, but yeah, I use it a lot. People, I, people say, oh, mink. I my kids mink. That might be a that might be a faith thing. Uh, somebody once said a, a goonie to me. Is yeah, I say like, I'll say a goonie. Is that like a night, night dress? Shirt, yeah, night, night dress. Um, yeah, I, I'd never heard of that. See, like I never grew up in a, like we lived in Scotland, but my yeah. parents, my dad grew up in Kinross, but he was born in Trinidad, so yeah. he didn't really speak that much like Scots in the house mm. and then my mum didn't at all so Jobby's my favourite Jobby and I, I guess you've seen quite a lot of Jobbies unfortunately yes <laughs> that's a side of um, parenting that I didn't really I knew it was going to come but I'm, I'm really not good with it I don't know why mm. I'm going to like now talk about it but we I could talk about it quite a lot with Sam so uh-huh. um, <laughs> so the ins and outs of yeah so he'll change your nappies how was that one and he'll be like oh it was like a medium a medium that's just to ridiculous. be fair I had a I used to have a Rottweiler and oh it was diabetic oh no so the whole toilet thing was quite an important thing and I remember yeah. you know those like um, alphabet letters that you get magnetic ones yeah. in the fridge uh-huh. my mum came to let Arnie out or whatever for the toilet and she'd left me like a message with the alphabet letter saying no jobbies today that's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, what man. is this all of it yeah Do I think know. it's just like a, a I just always like to talk about like, toilet humour <laughs> about jobbies yeah exactly it, it gets a little bit far when you're now asking other people how their kids mm. jobbies are um, because I went to a birthday party recently and I asked one of my friends oh, so what are their poos like because they're formula fed and I'm breastfeeding and that one didn't go very, very down very well. They're new parents, and I think like I just should just keep that sort of stuff to people to I yourself. really know, and not like ask people I don't really know that Fair well. Enough. I mean, if you'd ask me, yeah, I, I mean, I'm very old. I'm not sure you're interested in my jobbies. <laughs> well, Terry, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank Thanks you so much for welcoming your beautiful home. Oh, I've had such a and good time. And you are great. Thank and you. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thanks. So are you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.